listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast, the new brand of AM radio. All right, welcome back to the AntsMarching.org podcast. We've got Jake, Joe, and I'm Matt, and... Now that we're trying to do this once a week, we're going to try to keep these things a little bit more concise, compressed, and uh, you know, short because uh, we know your time's valuable as is ours. But uh, hey, it's tour season; it's in full swing now. A couple shows down, uh, we want to talk about it and revisit and see what's new, especially now that we're talking DMB two sets. So, uh, Jake, how's it going tonight? Very well, very well. Thank you. How are you doing, Matt? Doing very well, thank you. Enjoying a nice uh, West Sound IPA right now while we have the podcast. Joe, I know you're driving, so I hope you're not drinking. No, no drinking tonight. Uh, and I have a headset on, and I'm very safe driver, and I'm excited. I spent the entire weekend following the live shows and uh, pumped more than ever. Well, that's good to hear, and bravo on the dedication. We're almost 10 o'clock on the East Coast. Joe's coming back from work function Got to respect that level of dedication. So thanks for joining us, Joe, after a fashion. <laughs> Anything for Mr. Matt Yeti. There we go. Well, we also want to uh, first shout out shout out to our Ants Plus members watching um, live right now. It, well, there's not much to watch other than my ugly face because Jake and Joe are both cameraless at the moment. But uh, they are listening live. Um, they got to listen to some pre-show banter, and I'm sorry for that. I want to apologize. But um, they're listening live. We appreciate their support, so thanks very much, uh, Plus members. Um, feel free to shoot some questions in chat if anything comes to mind. Uh, let's dive right into it, right? DMB2 sets, two shows down. Um, we got to, you know, everybody's question, was uh, the first set going to look like? What's the second set going to look like? What about the break? Um, how is that going to look? And we got our answer. Jake, why don't you walk us through, you know, some surprises, maybe stuff that was called out early. What did you think? Well, I, I think, first of all, we have to say congratulations to you, Matt, because you're the one that said they were going to start off um, Dave and Tim, and they did indeed do that. Well, thank um, you. Started off Dave and Tim. Stroke his in, ego. Uh, Stroke his even... ego. <laughs> <laughs> it needs it. Exactly. But I think the thing that, that seemed to, to go over really well with both crowds in, in Austin and in Dallas was the our whoever the heck they were first, Houston, Dallas, whatever, um, was bringing in, they start off with two people, then they brought in a third member, and they switched it up uh, both nights, then they brought in another member, and then they went full band. And that's kind of uh, almost like a throwback to the old days in um, 1992 and 1993, where Dave would come out and do a solo song or two, and then he would bring out maybe Boyd to do something, or maybe even Carter to do something, even Roy a few times to do just a, a couple songs. So it's kind of like a throwback to that. That's kind of interesting the way um, they did that. And they played for, I guess, about 45 or 50 minutes somewhere in there for the acoustic set. And from what everything we've heard from the people that were tweeting from uh, Ants and from the, the reacts from the crowd, everybody was attentive and into it. Well, what, what surprised me, um, and while I will take your credit for the being correct about um, – it being a Dave and Tim, I did probably I did expect more strictly Dave and Tim, um, but I think we'll probably see them mix it up all over the place throughout that entire acoustic set, right? I mean, um, I can't imagine that they'll stick with a formula. It seems like they're having a lot of fun, and I will also admit, on the first podcast, what I said, you know, I'm going to temper my expectations. How different can it sound? The band is mostly acoustic anyway without um, Tim. Uh, sounds completely different. I might even tolerate Jimmy thing in that first set. I gotta say, I, I, it sounded really cool to me when I listened to the recording. 
And for people that don't know Matt, that is a huge thing for him to say. <laughs> I mean, he runs when he hears Jimmy thing just because he's gone to shows for so many years. Um, that's a big thing for Matt to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I appreciate the fresh approach. I really do. And while we're on and, things and, that you had wrong, um, <laughs> you also said that, oh, no one's going to pay attention during Dave and Tim, or you won't be able to hear, or the volume's going to be wrong. Or, or maybe that was Jake that no, said that. No, that wasn't somebody, me. That wasn't me. Take it easy. Was that Jake? Somebody had I it wrong, and it wasn't con- me, gosh darn it. <laughs> but by default, that's Jake. I cannot confirm Jake. nor deny that. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, really, there's no way to even check the record, so why even bother bringing it up again? It's no big deal. But I guess the point is, is we confirmed, hey, the volume is very clear. You could hear the acoustic set, no problem, positive news, and you actually want to hear it because very positive reviews from the acoustic set. Well, really, what, what the positive news is was the reports that the fans were attentive and paying attention. That's what my concern was. I mean... We've all been to shows, and all of us have been out on the lawn before, and we know that, you know, some places it's just a vomitarium out there, and, you know, people were paying attention out in the lawn. That's I think that says a lot for, for the crowd now. And I think that remains to be seen for most of the country, though, because as we've all seen, crowds are very, very different depending on what region of the country you're in. Um, like It's weird, and it's a different dynamic, right? SPAC, I would consider, and anywhere in the Northeast, they, in my opinion, are the most intense crowds for the band. I mean, they made their bread and butter up and down that northeast coast. And um, a crowd like SPAC, which you would think would be the most attentive, they also might be the most restless. It's it, You don't know, right? Whereas the Gorge, laid back, chill, not as intense of a crowd, not to knock it, just it's a different vibe. Um, maybe they're more attentive in an acoustic, right? I think it just because Texas went well doesn't necessarily mean you're going to see that same setup or that same reaction uh, throughout the tour. That's a good point. Yeah, it's hard to say. The other thing I thought was I was surprised at how many people knew that Dave was there was no opener. I mean, let's face it, sometimes it's hard to get the word out and a lot of people aren't as connected, but it seemed like most of the people were aware that, hey, Dave's opening, it's going to be an early start, 7, 8, 7 p.m. 7 a.m. 7 p.m. Um, and people were people were on board, so that, I mean, that was promising too. His cracks about no, or you like to thank the opening band or thank God they're gone or whatever. Uh, referring yeah, to I hope himself. I hope we blow them. I hope we blow <laughs> yeah. the main act out of the water. Yeah, that was funny. I, I liked that. That was some good Dave speak, and I could hear it. So thanks to the taper for the good recording. Yeah, he made a yeah, comment that, that you can actually hear him now. Oh, and he's probably like a Dave and Tim show. If anybody's been to a Dave and Tim show, you know. Dave is very, very talkative in those in those atmospheres, and that's what we're probably going to get in those first set acoustics is going to get a talkative Dave. You know, the thing that I thought was interesting was they took a song that, you know, no offense to all you stolen away from Willie Nelson fans out there, but, you know, it's not the strongest song in the DMB catalog, but Stolen Away sounded pretty freaking good, actually. It sounded much better the second night than the first night, but... They actually did a good job with that. So if they could take a song like that and rework it, imagine what they could do with like Matt's favorite song, Jimmy Thing, or a couple other songs that might not be as popular. And that's something I think you're going to see more of as the tour goes on. You're going to see a song that might not be too high on your list of the songs you want to hear and go, hey, you know what? It sounded pretty good, actually. No, you're absolutely right, Jake. Whereas we've all been to a lot of shows, and a lot of people listening have been to a lot of shows where... 
you know you have a finite amount of songs you're going to hear that night, and you want to hear something special. You want to hear a song you haven't heard, things like that. So your tolerance for a 20-minute Jimmy thing, mine at least, is, is gone. I, I have none of it. But but in an acoustic environment, which is a, it's almost like a completely different version, it's probably only going to be five or six minutes long. Um, I'm willing to give that a shot. And, hey, stolen away. I enjoyed it. I thought it sounded good. So I think... Uh, I think it almost wipes the slate clean for a lot of songs and says, hey, I'm willing to listen to or hear pretty much anything, no matter what, no matter how I feel about it in a normal setting. I, I would wholeheartedly agree with you. And, and really, because of the reaction from Stolen Away, and I mean, you know, let's let's be honest, it never really got the crowd going before. It got a very positive reaction both nights. You can hear the fans cheering and clapping for it and almost shockingly, I would say. So I think that that can say to the band, hey, look, if this works, let's dig back in the bag, find out what else we have in there that we can maybe maybe mold into something a little more acceptable to our crowd. Joe, you brought something up to me uh, in talking about the first show. What's up with the 30-minute break and the music that they're playing at the beginning of that? Did we lose Joe? We did lose Joe, so we're going to try to get Joe back. Yeah, we lost. I was wondering why you asked him because I'm looking right at it, and and he's been off for like two minutes now. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to get Bill Joe back. Joe, are you back with us? Yeah, I'm back. Sorry, I'm like only that was a fairly. That's okay. It was a fairly seamless uh, bringing you back in. But my my question was, you mentioned something to me about the the um the 30 minute break and how uh, how they're playing music during it, and there was something peculiar about that. What, What was that about? Well, the music was pretty interesting, and everyone kind of taking a note that, wow, that sounds pretty cool. What is that? Nobody can really put their finger on what it is. Turns out, and I don't know who to give, who to give credit to. It's not me to get credit to, but um, somebody noticed if you play the inter- the intermission music backward. Oh, boy. I'm gonna have yes, to that was me that said that. <laughs> I'm going to have to chop this up. But, uh, well, but I, well I, let me just jump in real yeah, quick. Yeah, go ahead. The inter the intermission music, as Joe was just explaining, is and another thing played backwards from the uh, Some Devil album. Right, and also it was um, Gray Blue Eyes being played backwards. That's that's all it was. Which, but shockingly, especially and another thing, you could really pick it up pretty well and figure out what it was. It was pretty clear what it was when i heard it on the tape now i wasn't there when it was happening and so if i was there when it was happening especially with the curtain debacle i would have been thoroughly confused like everybody else and in fact we had a a tweet go out from the ants account you know saying wow they're playing great blue eyes or something along those lines and if you actually listen to the tape you can see exactly exactly why people thought that i was like i was like wait that doesn't show up in the set list what they played great blue eyes and then uh yeah, Joe had said no, no. Now, it did sound like you could, you know, and another thing, it was pretty, pretty clear what it and was. It wasn't, and but, but um, it sounded like Radiohead was covering it. <laughs> Didn't it have a? To me, it had a big Radiohead vibe playing a Dave Matthews um, solo record song backwards. Somehow, it sounds like Radiohead. Who would, who would have thought? It was very, very strange. But because of the um, the curtain situation. Um, I think that added to the confusion. And, and, and just to explain that in case you missed it, um, for some reason, the Dave Matthews band decided to leave the curtain up 
for the first two songs of the electric set. And, you know, nobody really explained why they, they dropped it. I don't even know exactly at what point they dropped it. They dropped it somewhere in song three. And there's actually a little sarcastic cheer you can hear <laughs> on the taper recording from it. So it almost leads me to believe that there was some sort of mechanical failure or something. Cause I can't imagine they actually planned to do that, but maybe they did. Maybe they thought they were being cool and artistic. They, they rectified that the uh, next evening to make sure that they didn't, uh, that they actually had the curtain down for the full band set. Struck me as weird, and, and it's probably not related at all because of the timing of the, the curtain up and down and up. Um, I know they've had problems in Texas before with insects, right? And part of me thought maybe they had that stage circled with mesh to uh, keep bugs out, but I'm guessing just the timing of it all, that is a coincidence. I I had forgotten all about that. The invasion of the crickets. If you actually search in uh, Tour Central, the invasion of the crickets, or just search crickets, that show will come up. It actually happened two years in a row in 98 and in 99. And and the 98 show is uh, particularly well-known because to cover, while um, Carter was spraying bug spray all over himself and trying to get all the bugs off him, Dave uh, and the rest of the band played Spoon for the first time full band live. It was actually at that very show. And and Carter doesn't play on the song except for a couple little cymbals at the very, very end of it. It, It's very odd sounding, actually. Why do I think Um, that that was more recent than that, than than the 90s? No. It was 98 and 99 it happened. They had a couple little bug incidents. Yeah, I was going to say, they've they've had issues, nothing major, but they've still had to deal with it in, in subsequent years, right? Yeah, not to that extent, like 98, 99, but there was something, I think, in 04 or 05, somewhere in there where they had a bug issue where I think they played with the house lights on. I know they played the house lights on in 99. That's crazy. So That's crazy. Happen. Okay, well, I just, I just, it came to me when I, when I saw the screen and I thought maybe that had something to do with it, but just the timing of all the, um, the way it happened, it probably just a coincidence. So, um, there was a really cool, uh, the show flow, and I don't know if we've decided on that's what we're going to call it yet, uh, the, but we talked about it in the first podcast, the whole plus-minus rate the songs um, on the performance. The It's it, it's really given us some fascinating data to start with, and for we'll talk about the, the Cynthia Woods Mitchell Pavilion show first. It's very, very positive, and most interestingly, for the people who are at the show and the people who are not at the show, they both rated it very, very similarly. So whether you were there or whether you were just setless watching, you had the same feel about the way the songs came down in the paper, which I just find interesting. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you had to be there. And that's true, right? But um, for, for, for people, you know, of both groups to have the same opinion, mostly, of the songs, it was pretty, was pretty impressive. Like, so there were only three or four or five low points to the show. Um, Take Me Tomorrow was actually a low point. Take Me to Tomorrow. Um, Sugar Man was a low point. I like Go ahead, Jake. I like Take Me to Tomorrow. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I just have to say, I, I, I like me some John Denver. I like Take Me to Tomorrow. I, I just think everybody's dead wrong on that. I'm sorry. I I dig that song. It's completely harmless. It's four minutes of fun. No big deal. It, yeah, it wasn't massively panned, but it was certainly below the uh, 
below the water line of of, of average for sure. Um, one that was av- Sugar Man was average, and it was lower rated by the people who were not at the show. And the people who were at the show had a fairly favorable reading. About half of the people who were at the show um, rated it positively. And and the way the ratings shake out, it would almost appear that half rated it neutrally, so so zero, and half gave it a positive because it sits at about a 0.5 for the people who are at the show. But the people who are not at the show, dead dead even at zero. So it wasn't a negative point, but it was still one of the lower four points of the show. Uh, The lowest point of the show was seven. And Jake, maybe you can explain this to me, but but, uh, I like seven. Uh, what's the hate there? Uh, not that it's terrible, it, but it's clearly the lowest point of the show. I look, I've been a seven believer since the beginning and it comes down to this. It's really simple. Fans are just tired of it. It's been played a lot since 2009 and that's what it comes down to. And that's all it is. I mean, I, I don't even, I can't even begin to fathom how you could dislike it. I mean, if you want to talk about, oh, the lyrics are dumb, you know, it, it it's it's about sex. I mean, you can, you don't have to get all dreaming tree about it. It's it's about you know licking things. It ain't got to be Shakespeare, okay? The 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 music's interesting. It's an interesting beat. I mean, it's pretty obvious why the band likes playing it. It's something unique. Now, there's not a lot of bands out there that play in that time signature. It's a fun little song. It's only four minutes. Get up and freaking groove to it and deal with it. I, I just. To sit there and go, oh, the lyrics are dumb, repeats it. I mean, seriously, it, it's it's about sex, people. It's I, I really think Big doesn't... Whiskey overall has gotten a weird kind of fatigue to it where I still really like the album. Um, I noticed in my reviews that I tend to get a little high on the album to begin with, then I level out over a couple of years. But uh, I haven't really fallen far off of where I started with Big Whiskey, and I think a lot of people have in that case. Um, oh, I like it. At- Absolutely. I mean, seven is just, I mean, you just go through the boards. You just read, you know, seven, seven and shake me are the two songs that everybody's just completely sick to death of. And, and I just, I don't understand it. I mean, I, I really, it just makes me wonder how you just pick and choose which songs you're sick of. I, I know people get all crazy about the lyrics and all this again, you know, it's about eating ass. It doesn't have to be that deep and lyrically. Okay. It's more about more than that, but that certainly is a component. (laughs) You know, you're looking from the back to the belly. You know, it, it ain't about eating lobster, okay? <laughs> well, on that point, uh, let's see. I've got one more point to make about um, the shows so far. And I will say once again, to, to add to the tally, uh, I was wrong again. I've never been a fan of So Right. Uh, I thought it was brilliant that first night. I just, for whatever reason, I'm sitting here working, listening to the show, and I found myself really getting into it and moving along with the song. I, I, the, 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 has it changed? Is it just my tastes have kind of, you know, I've kind of stepped away for a while? I, what what happened? Did no. you notice anything? I think the big difference is it, with it is they've changed up the horns a little bit with it, and it just works a little bit. And Carter's doing a couple little different things on the drums. It's It still has the absolute worst chorus in the history of the world, but it, it's it's works. It's music. It's is good. And look, I'm not a fan of it either, but it is much, much, much better. And I don't mind seeing, I saw it last year in West Palm beach and it was good. And that, that was one of the ones they released on the YouTube thing. I think it was, um, it was well done. Yeah. I enjoyed much it. Much improved. Maybe, 
maybe most improved song of 2013 going into this year. So carrying over, I think that that they did an excellent, excellent job with it. That kind of justified some of the silliness that people like were like, Oh, so right. So good. I wish they played more. No, it really wasn't that good until last year. It's really, really improved. Well, it's good to hear that it's not just me and that I'm not, uh, you know, a hypocrite with changing my opinion and flip-flopping back and forth. So that's good. I, I, and, and at the same time, Joe, you missed it. You're coming in the tail end here again. I admitted that I think So Right sounds great so far this year, a song that I previously would pan. So, um, Oh put, no, put another star on your fridge. I was wrong. Can I, well, no, what? not that I was wrong, but my opinion changed and I am a big enough man to, you know, it takes a big man to admit that his opinion changes and I, and I am that big man to channel Michael Scott. Do I have to agree with you on something? I'm in the same boat. Oh no, we can't agree on oh, this. Oh no, that would the time space consortium just can't handle that. <laughs> no, I freaking loved it. I mean, it stuck out. I listened to the show and my ears poked up. We were we were working on the site. We were coding. We were doing some other stuff, and that was in the background. And my ears perked up. It sounded absolutely awesome. And I feel like I don't know. I feel like I kind of liked it. I saw him. I don't know. Maybe I'm remembering wrong, but I feel like I may have saw this at. Um, Ralph Wilson Stadium in Buffalo in the uh, the Everyday Tour. I'll have to look up. I'll have to look up the uh, set to see if it was played. But I feel like I liked it then. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. It, it, speaking of so right, I, I put this in my notes, and I don't know if this has been happening towards the end of 2013. But when when Jeff uh, Coffin came in and and took Roy's spot. Um, Jeff, it was clear that he's just a different style saxophone player. There, there were very few similarities, and I thought Jeff really did justice to the character that Roy had given the sax parts in his songs, and and really paid homage to the to the solos and things like that. But at the very same time, very much kept his own style, and you knew it was Jeff. When I was listening to Soul Right and some of the other songs, Jeff sounded a heck of a lot. Jazzier, like it's almost like a, I had to take a step back and say, "This is not Roy I'm listening to." I had to remind myself he sounded. Uh, it, it almost seemed like he almost toned down his own style and brought a little bit of Roy back with with his play. Um, and I've only listened to the first night, so uh, to that point, it just sounds like that first night was very, very Roy esque on the uh, on the horns. I just think that's just Jeff. I, I, I think that he's an incredible saxophone player with unbelievable oh, skill. And, and and really, I think it's just sort of him finding his way in the band. And I, and I think it's something that is always going to be an adjustment. It's just I think it's just natural. I think that all the members of the band are really just sort of still adjusting as they go along. But especially for Jeff, and he's still trying to make sure that he's true to the song, yet able to add his stuff in. Like he, his his talent is very good. There's a reason why Roy said Jeff is the only person that can play in this band because he's that good. There's actually and, a and recent... Incidentally... Go ahead. I was just going to mention, uh, incidentally, you are correct, uh, Joe. It was Ralph Wilson Stadium where So Right was the second song played that evening. I, I liked it. I, lo- I'm gonna... I liked it. I was... I, me and, and, the, um, and probably the uh, 13-year-old girls were the only ones dancing, but hey, I don't know. I had a good time. So, you know, I was going to say about Jeff was he just recently did a video interview that's up on the forums um, where he commented what was it like to fill in and how did he get that phone call and, you know, how did it all play out? 
and he talked about how he had to learn a hundred plus songs to join the tour and what was his approach to it and i won't spoil it but you know check out the video he he mentions you know how do i go into it do i try to just repeat it like for like do i add my look do i try to make it all new um so yeah check out the forums a nice little uh, video interview from coffin We'll make sure to have that linked up on the summary of the podcast when we post it on the site, so you won't have to go digging for it. There you go. Look at the nice. Incidentally, nice. one one more one more thing about Jeff. Uh, if you guys recall, and maybe I'm mistaken, but I'm pretty sure we had our very first uh, ants after party in 2008, and you two gentlemen were down in West Palm Beach uh, in my stomping ground, and that was a show where um, Jeff performed. And if I recall correctly. He was using sheet music for stay at that time. And it was the first or second time they played stay that tour. And I distinctly remember him playing a part and he realized that what he played didn't work. And he literally picked up a pencil and I could see him writing on his sheet music, changing it right there on the fly as the song was going. The guy's a student of music. He's he's a consummate professional. Absolutely. I mean, that just tells you right there what's going on. I mean, that's, that's impressive. Well, Joe, do you, I know uh, you just jumped on and we've been having some technical difficulties, but ultimately I think we've handled it pretty well there. So thanks for jumping back on. Do you have any other thoughts about the first couple shows of the tour before we go into a little bit of a break here? Um, love the set lists. Um, positive about how the things played out. Um, looks like there's some interesting visual stuff that they're doing at the show. I don't know if you guys talked about the infamous curtain at this point. Um, appeared on night one, did not appear on night two. Um, will it make another appearance for the rest of the tour? I don't know. You'll have to hang on, and maybe we'll talk about it after the break. Sounds good to me. Jake, you got anything else before we go into a little bit of a pause here? Uh, no, I think Joe has just summed it all up. All right, cool. We're going to take just a a couple-minute break here. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast. Be right back. Welcome back to the AntsMarching.org podcast. I'm here with Jake and Joe, and it looks like we finally got Joe in a stable capacity. He finally made it home safe and sound. Thank the good Lord for that. Joe, nice to see you again. I know. I'm on video now. And there we go. I, and, and it's too bad you folks don't get to enjoy it because, you know, I certainly am. Nice face. Why don't you wash it kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I have I have a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't cut me in the middle of a sip there. Thank you. <laughs> Well, um, one of the changes, of course, with DMB2 sets is um, the way it relates to our set list game. Now, the set list game is something, boy, how long have we done this for? Seven or eight years now? It's been a while. It's Was it not um, from the beginning? Uh, no, not the very beginning. Um, oh. I would say 
at best 05 or 06. But, uh, really? Mm. Hey, that's still eight years ago, man. That's that's yeah. a long time. Uh, it's it's hard to believe that this is our 13th year running the site. You're putting a very interesting thought in my head. Yeah. Um, weekend project for Joe. Who has the most set list points of ever? Ooh. Add them all up, all tours. See who's been the longest longevity and see Write if you get the down. highest. Write it down. The yeah, we'll have to do that. Next, okay. podca- wow. next podcast, we'll, we'll say who it is. Uh, all right, good call out. So Joe made some changes. Um, I mean, we, we talked about it a little bit in the run-up to the tour and said, how are we going to handle this? Are we just going to stick with the current setup, one big set, and don't worry about the second piece, just treat it all as one, paste one right after the other? And uh, Joe took the next step and actually um, made some adjustments. Joe, t- talk about what you did. Well, it's DMB two sets. And so what good is the set list game if um, we can't really add that extra little fun that the band is adding? So we now are doing DMB two sets where it is still one show that you're you're going to be doing the set list game for, but you choose two different sets. You, you pick your acoustic set, set one, and you pick your um, you know full band electric normal set in set two. So um, you get to choose both those sets, and we, we updated the scoring then to Justin. So really the only, the only difference is, is hey, you got two different chances to name an opener. You got two different chances to name closers. And traditionally, you got two points if you got the right song but didn't get the right spot. Now you'll additionally get one point if you pick a song but you were in the wrong set. So if a song was played in set two but you picked it in set one, you get one point. So um, the game is much more interesting. If you played it in the past, it's got a little bit of a twist this year with two sets and never too late to join. We obviously have the people that play every week, but it doesn't have to be for everyone. There's also ways to, you could be the top score for an individual show. So just be the top person for that one show, get all the bragging rights. Or additionally, we have um, the best average. So you only play a few shows, but you have a really high average for those few shows you play. You'll be listed on the um, on the top list there too. So you can play at any time. If you feel like you have a good feeling on what Dave is going to pick, jump into the setlist game. It's pretty fun. So there are clearly more opportunity or a greater opportunity for a higher score in this tour than any other tour. Absolutely right. Yeah. Yes, we are actually seeing some crazy, uh, crazy big scores already. Um, and it's only going to get higher as people kind of hone in on what Dave's kind of thinking for the tour. He always mixes it up at some point, and you, you know you can follow the set list people, and all of a sudden they'll tank at one weekend because Dave's just really mixed it up. Uh, but yeah, there is an opportunity to get a lot of points this 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 year. That's cool. How many did you did you happen to count up how many people have played the, for the week, for the first weekend? Mm, it always it grows sit- as the tour goes on, right? But the first, yeah. you know, it's always exciting to see how how many start out. Um, I don't. I, I, there's. I just went to the page. There's a page you can see all the players, and it's a pretty big page. I don't. I don't think we total it up, but there's a lot of names that were uh, were playing uh, playing for the first weekend. Yeah, I'm bummed we didn't. I'm bummed we didn't um, do more of an intro in terms of hey, the tour's starting tonight. Here's all the cool stuff you can do on the site. We usually end up doing that, but we all. Just unfortunately, we're busy that day. We the pro- the problem post. is is that literally if we just we can probably play um, that game where we go around in a circle and figure out till one person can't name name something. We could probably do that with features and go around for quite a while on all the different stuff from tw- um, linking your Twitter account. I mean, literally, I could just go on forever. There's so many different things that you can do that it, I think the site has just grown so big that it's it's hard to recap all the different things that are available during the tour. Yeah. So. Well, just um, let us sneak in over the course of the tour. Find what you like, what you want to use, and and stick with that. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Jake, 
I want to mention something that's really in your wheelhouse. Um, there were a couple of new shows. As we talked about in the last podcast, we talked about the, the set list from the shows that source Remember Two Things finally being shared and released by management, um, and we put it up in Tour Central. But we also posted a couple of shows that um, were previously unreleased back from 93, one of them being uh, January 29th, 1993, and, and, and May 22nd which is coming up the anniversary here in a couple of days. Um, so they just got posted uh, online for anyone to download. You can check out the Ants forums, go to the 1993 show forum, and grab them. We've, um, we've posted even a YouTube video on how to uh, start downloading with Ants if you're new to the, the BitTorrent scene. But Jake, do you have a little bit of input on, on those, show, those two shows, what we can expect? Yeah, a little bit more that we talked about from from last week's uh, podcast. You know, it's, it's, these shows do come up every once in a while, and will be discovered. And these two both got discovered this year in 2014, which just goes to show you that there's still stuff out there that still has not been heard. I mean, there's plenty of shows you could just go through Tour Central and just take a look at the ones with unknown set lists, and that show happened. We know it was there. It's just a matter of what the set list was if anybody recorded it. So there are still shows out there. And if you've never actually heard a show from that time, if you've never downloaded a show from like 1993, 52293 is like a half a show. It's like set list two or something or, or set two or something like that. Um, that's a good little sampler show. If you just want to listen to five or six songs, because it's interesting how the band sounds different, yet they still sound the same. It's, it's remarkable that even with the, uh, even with the um, changes that the band's made, you can still figure out exactly what the song is. It's it's kind of fascinating how the band does that. It's it's nice now, especially now that hard drive space is uh, is less at a premium, right? It's a lot cheaper to store a lot of data, um, and I'm fortunate enough to have quite a quite a large um, amount of free storage at home. I'm doing my best, and and others who um, work on ants, some of our moderators. Are, uh, we want to provide a veritable catalog of, of downloadable shows. And the point is, with BitTorrent, it, it's always possible that they can roll off and expire, so to speak. Whereas the people hosting these shows can just stop hosting them, and then it, the seed dies, and then somebody has to repost it. Um, I want to take advantage of my infrastructure, and some of our other ANTS um, moderators have committed to the same thing. We want to make these shows historically available for all time. For all, for all intents and purposes. So we're going to host these shows, and they're always going to be there for you. So definitely check out the um, the Ants Download uh, section of the site. We have also have both um, both of the first two shows in the 2014 summer, the DMB Two Sets Tour, have been posted. So um, if you want to listen to uh, what we've been talking about here, go ahead and make sure you download it. And, of course, we have a great um, discussion community. So if you have any questions or technical uh, questions about it, feel free to post and ask. We had a lot of helpful people on the boards. That's really funny that you mentioned that because I just realized I am seeding those shows and probably slowing down um, our our video and our audio. I should probably slow that down for the time being. That's what you get for stealing your neighbor's Wi-Fi. You just you have to prioritize. <laughs> it's my yeah, stealing. Actually, I, I turned mine off right before we started this because I was been seeding since they uh, came out too. So. Just trying to make sure everybody can get a chance to listen to them and download the shows out there. It's it's crazy when you think back. I was telling my friend about this because um, he he's not aware. He knows that that I do ants with you guys, um, but he doesn't know what we do. And I was talking about FTP servers back in the early two thousands and how uh, how 
before torrent was even an idea and how we'd have um, basically volunteers from the community donating their internet connection and their server space. And this is back at a time when 30 gigabytes was a lot of data, man. And it costs hundreds of dollars to get that kind. And so they do that and they host. And then we had, um, someone write a site check app that actually logged into the FTP servers automatically and to- and uh, collected how many slots were available. Remember the slots from FTPs, right? You could only let three people download at once or whatever. And we were talking about that. And it's just incredible how far we've come. We're now, we're all essentially FTP servers, but there's no direct login. All you got to do is click on a file and you're automatically part of that, that server farm, essentially. It's just really cool. And um, it's always fun to, to harken back to where we came from to get here. Oh man, the people dedicated so much resource computer. Oh, it was man. not shit to do. We, I mean, we had a great, we call them site ups and cheers to all the site ups. They were part of uh, ants when we first started. And um, we had, I mean, it was literally 12 of us and then kind of grew to 20, but um, it was a small group that of, of us that did it. Yeah. Only like three people could download a one. I mean, this is the, the age of dial-up modems and people would be paying these outrageous prices to be able to have faster than dial-up modems it was just crazy or the big the big hunt was find somebody that had that was at a university that had a high speed internet at their university and they could host a couple shows it was crazy what we had to do to help spread the music around faster i mean we did it by we did it by we go B and P's. We did it from um, blanks and postage. We did it from you know sending CDs around. But once uh, once the music got got digital and we could spread it around faster, then people just were all over a bit. So I think it's, it was a new age when when uh, when the music went digital. Take some questions. You know. Oh, go ahead, Jake. I didn't yes. mean to step on you. Go ahead. I I, I was just going to say real quickly. You know, some of us are very old, and we remember when we used to trade audio tapes. Back in the good old days, no cases, no J cards. For those of you that remember back oh, that, man, you know what I'm, is an what is an audio tape? I, I would love to claim is. I didn't know what a J card was, just to make Jake feel older. But I gotta, I gotta <laughs> commiserate with you on that. I know what you're talking about. I remember my buddy from college had a. Uh, he brought me to the trunk of his car. He goes, "Hey, man, I got something you might be interested in." He opens his trunk and it's a shoebox <laughs> full of Maxell tapes. Uh, he's like, "You want them?" said sure and it just ended up being and and you know what this is going to break everyone's heart i don't know where they are they're gone uh i'm sure i mean there could have been something unknown there right there there could have been a who knows i mean just because they were on tape doesn't mean that they were widely distributed so um, there had to be that link that jump made and maybe those never got converted so could have been your dj voice on on a cassette tape recording from the early days that would have been great just just for the record i just reached over with my left hand and pulled out uh, what's that say? Utica, New York, one twenty-five ninety-seven. Stanley Theater. Two. Dave and Tim with filler from nineteen ninety-five. Dave and Tim at the end. Remember that's back in the day when people used to put filler at the end of the tapes just to fill up the rest of the side randomly. Utica, that's, New York. That's, how, that's where I. That's yep. where I lived before I uh, moved out to Seattle. So yeah, that's Stanley Theater, my old stomping grounds. Yep, that was that was the show back in the. Uh, 97, that tape is just one of the tapes I just grabbed off the top of all so, the tapes next to me. It's really funny you mention this. I think I might have brought this up on a podcast years ago, but I had a roommate when I lived in Utica years ago, and he had a buddy who worked at the Stanley. And and he had a buddy that, the, you, that he know, knew. I know, I know, I <laughs> know. But he said that there was a... 
this the details of this are going to be a little shaky, but the general gist is the day before that show, and I believe it was from 97, because they played at Stanley a couple years, I believe, or more, but I thought it was 97. The day before the show, they had a, I think the local children's hospital or something of that nature was visiting the Stanley the day before, and Dave and Tim were there sound checking or just testing things out, checking things out, and they played a small show for him, and this guy taped it, and it's unknown. It's not out there. And there was a time where that I was gonna, I was going to procure that tape, and it still hasn't happened. And maybe this discussion will, will, will cause me to reach out to my friend and see if I can still get my hands on that. But that would truly be an unknown show, and uh, would be cool to to get our hands on. So I'll get back to you on that. Don't don't hold me to anything. But the fact that you called that out reminded me of that from years ago, Jake. Thank you. Wow. Mm. Mm. Might need a little dramatic chipmunk in there. <laughs> Perhaps, perhaps we, we are going to hold you to it, even though you said don't. I know, I know. Well, okay. Well, that being said, let's take uh, some questions. So, um, before we record, we always throw it out there on Twitter um, with the hashtag Ants Podcast. If you have any questions you want answered, uh, throw us uh, throw some questions on Twitter. We'll be happy to uh, to do our best to get to them. We got we got a few today, so we're probably not going to get to them all. Yeah, let, less questions about me, and uh, let's get more about DMB. Yeah, we don't need any about Joe M. I mean, the guy's got a book coming out in September. All will be answered then, and then there will be a special uh, you know, members-only kind of uh, excerpt that you can download with live video and, and candid pictures as well. So oh, thanks. Uh, thanks, just, for the, thanks for the promo. <laughs> and, and, and just real quick before we get into questions, by the way, we check the Twitter a lot. So if you just have questions out there, just go ahead and fire them away at us, and we'll get back to you fairly quickly. We answer pretty much all of them, unless it's something ridiculous, then we'll probably just retweet it and mock you. But really, <laughs> that rarely happens. Okay, so, Jake, I'll, I'll throw this one your way. Uh, Scott S. at Last Stop 41 asks, Will every song that's been played acoustic so far also be played electric? Or will certain songs kind of be relegated to that first set only? Mm-hmm. I, I think you're going to see some songs that are going to stay just acoustically. I mean, we talked about Stolen Away. I, I don't think anybody really wants to see that electric. Um, and it sounds really good the way it is right now. I think you'll see songs like that stay there. Um, what's going to be interesting in the next, let's say, three or four shows is if two-step appears electric that's going to be that'll give you an idea of what their plan of attack is because right now two-step made an appearance in the first show it did not pop in the second show so i'm wondering if it's going to be just there in the front it's a little hard to tell with just two shows in but i think just kind of follow two-step just to give you an idea of how things are going to go so if SPAC has its way, they're going to play it every song on both sets? <laughs> you know, I've been saying, for, I'm been saying for years, they should come out and they should open with two-step and then play last stop and say, what are you all going to do now? What are you going to do? <laughs> They'll still chant for, for two-step. They probably will. <laughs> I hate to harp on that, but it's, it's just one of those things. It's a gift. That was your hometown giving. venue, too, and you're ripping on it. I know. I know. Well, listen, I, whatever. I, you know. You know, but just to, I, I, I promise it'll be a quick little sidebar, but people forget that the whole two-step chant started because 
the set really wasn't that good that year. And it was more of a frustration thing of just like play something that we want to hear. That's kind of the dark side of the two-step chant. Was that your estimation from being there? Yeah, that's exactly what my estimation was from being there. And just for everybody to know, Jake was not there. He he hasn't been to SPAC. How was was the show that year? How was the show that year when they chanted? You know what? If you'll give me one moment, I will go to Tour Central. I will use the search function, and I will simply search two-step in the notes. And that will bring me to the site, uh, the, the show. Two-step from, okay, so there it is, Saratoga, 8-27-2003, is that right? Is it 2003 or 2002? No, hang on a it's second. 2002, 729, yes, it actually yes. says. It's an event, the, the two-step, two-step chant. chant. Uh, okay, so there are, it's a, so it's a busted stuff kind of um, everyday show. So they did, that was when Nancy's was being teased like hell, that tour. So Dave did that solo in the encore, which was nice. We did get a Loving Wings Where You're Going, so that stunk on ice. But it opened with um, Pig and Warehouse, which is wonderful. Uh, we got a One Sweet World, which was cool. Um, Kit Kat Jam, uh, 41 with Sojourn, which is cool. Raven, right? But we also did get I Did It. Um, Proudest Monkey Satellite, it's not my favorite. I, if I had it all, don't drink. I mean, I don't think it was... I wouldn't consider that bad. And, you know, I have to read the set list, right, to kind of bring it back in my mind. Um, but I just remember we were hearing that goddamn two-step chant all night long. And I just felt like you're rewarding bad behavior by by giving in. I, I tend to agree with you a little bit, but I, I understand why it happened. I just, you know... Not to mention, that was the 13th time they played Loving Wings that tour, so... It wasn't a good tour, just by that metric. You guys are such yeah, that was... the parent, the parental uh, attitudes, right there. And well, I, that was the seventeenth. Where are you going? I mean, yeah, oh my. says if says you, the thirteen-year-old girl at Ralph Wilson in two thousand and one. Dancing the so right. Call back. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty bad run, by the way. Loving wings. Where are you going? It's so right. Back in the day. Yeah, I gave, that three, right. I gave that three down votes, actually. Yeah, and rightfully so. I did, I'm did. i one of the only people who have to rate that song because there's not a lot of people. You can tell by the graph that not a lot of people have rated it. And actually, in my total show ranking, it my total score for that show was zero. Now, zero is neutral. If I didn't vote for anything, it would be zero. But the fact that I voted for all of them and it still turned out zero meant that I liked just as many songs as I disliked. So, hey. It's better than negative, so... That's me, Mr. Down the Middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, speaking of opinions and down the middle, I, I want to pull this one out. I'm sorry. Um, Ali Ababwa, Alex M. Brandt, asked, and it's a really generic question, but I think we got a lot to say about it, or at least some of us do. Thoughts on Boyd and his surgery? Um, well, fill us in. Yeah, I, Again, I'm going to have to go over to your your direction, Jake, and see your thoughts on this. My opinion is that I do not have a license to practice medicine in the state of Florida, nor any other state, nor Commonwealth out there. So for me to render a medical opinion or any opinion about the health of anyone in the band would be premature. So I could not care less about it. 
he's out there playing, so obviously he can play, and that's good enough for me. Uh, what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean premature? Like you will give an assessment after you do an examination, or what? what do you, premature means something's still coming. I, I I do not have a license to practice medicine, so I will not be rendering an opinion. I have zero opinion about Boyd's health, and I don't think it's anybody's business what his health is. He's answered a couple things on Twitter fairly generically, and that's good enough for me. He's out there playing, so you know that's. Uh, uh. I know, I know. What a, Joe, Joe, may I? Go ahead. Because I'm not known for my opinions at all, I'm, but I'm going to weigh in on this one. Is that uh, I call BS on that, but all right, go ahead. Um, so I don't think discussion about the issue has any relevance to... It's not like we're looking at Boyd's medical charts. He's come out and stated, what was it, Joe? Carpal tunnel? Mm-hmm. Okay. I have carpal tunnel surgery. It's out there. I'm not talking about why he got it, or if it runs in his family, or anything like that. There's no HIPAA, right? There's there's no personal information being spelled out here outside of what he's shared himself. So I'm not talking let's talk about the ailment. Let's talk about what that ailment has done to his performance on stage, at least in the short term. I mean, if I'm a basketball player and I break my ankle, when I come back, clearly there's going to be discussion as if I can bounce back from that injury. If I tear my ACL, can I be as effective of a player after that injury as I was before? And I think the same thing goes here. Nobody says I'm not going to talk about it because I'm not a doctor. Um, so I think it's a really valid point to talk about. And did you hear that two-step? I mean, listen, I, I really enjoyed the first show. I really, really did. And I was enjoying that two-step up until a certain part. And we all know Boyd's a great musician. The guy's not Superman, though. He's human. And and something like carpal tunnel on or, or arthritis or whatever on the on a hand for a violin player can cause a problem. And and I and I don't know if it's clear they're probably not gonna do anything about it, but um I mean it's definitely impacting the performance. Joe, what do you think? Well, so I think if we have to get Jake to give a comment here, we have to just say everything is hypothetically if um, <laughs> Boyd Boyd were to have had um, surgery for carpal tunnel. I mean, I, I'm um, hey, listen, he's 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 I'm 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 hoping for Boyd to to come around. I mean, uh, obviously that's uh, I would be if that was in his position, I would be. I mean, I don't know, maybe short of depressed. I mean, that's just something as a violent professional violin player to, to something like your hands, you know, the piece that you work with to have, you know, a medical condition and that, you know, the passion is still there, but you, you know, the body's failing you and that's just gotta be, Oh, that's not, you know, it, it's not his choice. He doesn't have a choice. And so that's, I, I wish him, you know, the best recovery. I too, I'm not a doctor, so I, I don't know what recovery is like and what the, what the outcome is. Um, but regardless, I still have, um, I, I wish the best recovery for Boyd because I want Boyd to be 100%. Oh, no question. And in, in discussing this, we certainly don't mean Boyd any disrespect. I mean, we love him. And the, the fact that we're talking about him means we want to see him at full health for his sake. And, and, and obviously, we've all formed, whether he knows it or not, we've all formed personal relationships with, the, with every member of this band, right? We all care on, on a mm-hmm. different level than your average fan. Um, so we want to see him you know, be okay from a personal level as well as for the band. That being said, yeah. That what being are they going to do about it? Right, and, and I would, and I'd put it, probably put it this, I'd put it shortly like this: If I was a, I was a 
assess, I would assess some of the some of uh, the first couple shows. I would assess that seek up low, and um, you know, cool. if I just have to do it straight straight on, you know, math, you one know, of our, I have to. One of low. our ants plusers in the Ustream uh, the chat room right now just uh, just asked if we expect it to cause setless changes, like keeping some songs on the bench and. I would say that's probably the most likely outcome if they're going to make any changes. And from the sound of at least Seek Up and Joe, did you say they knocked his mic down the second night on the song? I didn't hear that. I haven't listened to the second night yet, but uh, that's what I had seen uh, seen somebody mention. Okay, a third party, so it might not be true. But but at least from that Seek Up from the first night, I I mean, their their catalog is large enough now where they can they can shelve things if they need to they have no shortage of songs so i would Tempor- say temporarily yeah that's probably their they're probably their um most likely outcome is they'll probably try to avoid songs that really tax void more than a supporting role for the time being yep that's that's the absolute craziest stuff i've ever heard in my life all right well, all right <laughs> set us set us straight jake I, I don't know how anybody can make that opinion after hearing one song. What was Tripping Billy's bad? Did I miss something? That Tripping Billy sounded pretty dang good, didn't it? Um, uh, would you, know, you agree that they're both two different style songs in their highlighting of Void? Can we agree on I that? I mean, th- th- you could you could pick and choose. I don't know what happened during Seek Up. I, well, I there's, there's, there's finesse and, and then there's sawing away. And I would say that Billy's is more of the saw away variety and Seek Up is a little bit more finesse. I I, I think that I, I think you can nitpick to make your make your opinion on anything. And hey, you're I, not I, a doctor. I know. I know. I, I just think that <laughs> I just think it's insane. I think that J- Jake, you could have fooled me, man. If you didn't tell me that, I would have maybe got confused and thought you were a doctor. But I, I'm glad you cleared Jake, that up. Jake, I I think I, I slam dunk your point of view with the whole basketball ACL argument. Wouldn't you think that? I think that's a pretty pretty prescient uh, analogy. Not really, because you can gamble on sports. You can't gamble on what song's coming up next. I certainly can, and Joe M is my bookie. (laughs) I certainly can. You should see the odds this guy lays. I I, I love that his argument is it has to be something that you can gamble about. Then you're allowed to talk about it. Well, it is Jake Jake JV as in Vig. So I I I have zero opinion about that, and I think you guys don't know what the heck you're talking about. That's just me. So, all right. So we'll show that. We'll give Jacob. He, he doesn't. He's running for governor, and he just doesn't want to, uh, to get into it. Governor. No, we'll I, I. No, I just think you guys are wrong, but that's okay. No problem. We'll move on. Okay, well, yeah. Obviously, you want to run away from this topic for sure. So uh, let's see. Um, oh, we have another bow drop question, but it's kind of tied to the same uh, point. So we'll. we'll uh, yeah. That. Next question. We'll go over that. Uh, here's one that uh, I don't necessarily want to answer as much as I want to laugh at. but uh, and, and we love you, Stephen, so thank you for putting the question in, in all seriousness. But Stephen P. Wampa 3 asks, Ants, so uh, Philip Phillips' new album, good, bad, don't care, didn't listen. I would put myself in the camp of don't care slash didn't listen. So you guys, it's all up to you now. I... I uh... I care for all Ants members, and as we all know, Philip Phillips is an Ant, so I have not listened to his album yet. I, I am planning on listening to it uh, soon enough, but uh, I wish him all the best. I think he's a very, very talented guitar player, very, very talented singer. I hope he does very well, but, and I hope that you pe- people remember he is an Ant, for God's sake. Uh, uh, wait a minute, though. 
I, I don't understand your opinion. You're not a musician. How can you offer up an opinion on his musical quality without having <laughs> credentials yourself? I'm, 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 I'm absolutely uh, baffled here, Jake. I'm not, I'm not offering a medical opinion. I'm offering a musical oh, opinion. Oh, is that the only industry off limits? Do you have any thoughts on hey, ha- horse racing? How about the uh, Preakness? Or are you not a horse uh, trainer? Matt, you, you know um you know baseball, right? Oh, You've I'm heard of it. Casey I'm pushing Stengel. it now. I know. I know. How's Casey Stengel as a baseball player? I don't know. Was I alive when he was playing? Um, He was terrible, yet he's the greatest manager in the history of baseball. That's weird because he sucked at playing. Isn't that strange? I'm failing to How connect your possible? point here. I am failing. And maybe this is my fault, but I have no idea what you're talking about. Of, of course you do. Yes, he's, he's saying because he, he's saying because he doesn't play an instrument, he is more qualified to assess Philip Phillips. And I don't album. practice medicine, but I just had brain surgery over down the street last week. It worked out. I, I I happen to like the kid. I think he's a good kid. He's an ant, and I'm rooting for him. Good, as I root all the ants. Yeah, there's you know there's ant there's ants that are professional golfers. There's ants that are professional football players. Um, doctors, lawyers. Is the album already out? Did it it release? Sure. All right. Well, (laughs) here, here's what I was going to say. Okay. Clearly, clearly none of us know how it's done yet. So let's, let's put, let's put it where it is. Where will his album debut on the billboard top 100? Where will it debut? It's only three figures. 100. You're, you're, yeah, I, I think it's only one. Oh, you're saying less than <laughs> you're saying four figures. I'm uh, just being wise. Billboard ten thousand. All right, well, all right, Matt, you're first. Where's it going to debut? I have pop music, pop, you know, that top forty kind of stuff. My, I have no hand on the pulse. I used to DJ like weddings and Christmas Don't. parties, and I was I was fine as MC, but in terms of picking modern music, uh, uh-uh. uh, don't know. I, I, I didn't I didn't hear anything you said. What's what's your pick? Number two. <laughs> All right. Jake, what is your pick? Uh, number one. And oh, I'm wow. also going number one. Jeez, Matt. Jeez, no love. Well, I got a better chance than you guys. I don't know. You got to get pick one out of 100 right. I, well, never mind. Never mind. Is it like without going over? So if it's one, I also win? Kind of Price is Right style? No, this is not the price this, is right. Jake, is this like a is this like a show bet on a horse where I can I win if he wins also? Do you want an exacta on it too? Let's box it. <laughs> you Why want, not? You you want to throw Kesha in there? Absolutely. We'll go four ways. <laughs> He's a singer, right? Throw the, throw the new Hanson album in there also. Umbop. Umbop. Oh, a great album. I think Those kids that, are talented. That's got to be as good a place as any to kind of end the the ants questions. I think Jake and I are probably not friends at the moment. I'm going to have to do some work <laughs> to, to get this back. <laughs> no, I I'm perfectly fine. I've once again I've proven my point yeah, and won yeah. the battle. It's okay. I, I can't can wait. Live with that. Please, listeners out there, ants, listen, uh, contribute to the comments thread. Please, I'd love to hear your input on this. And so would Jake. I mean, he'll ban you and delete your post for it, but I'd still love to see it in the first place. <laughs> I think it'll, if, if Jake is on the next podcast, then, you'll, then you guys, if Jake isn't on the next podcast, then, then you'll know his feelings. If my account's not banned by the end of tonight, I'm, I'm in the clear. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, but okay. All right, so that was fun. <laughs> So we've got um, just we wanted to remind you guys of some features um, and they, even some new stuff we're doing. Um, 
You might have noticed if you already follow us on Twitter, at Ants Marching, by the way, if you don't, you should definitely check it out because, as Jake was saying, we do engage with people who tweet us. We try to be interactive. Um, we really love the community because without you guys, it you know wouldn't, wouldn't even exist. Ants wouldn't exist. But um, one of the things that we've really beefed up um, we've had for a few years now the On This Day in DMB History tweets, and they also post to our Facebook as well. Um, but we've all agreed that they're kind of bland. It's just a link, right? And maybe you click it, maybe you won't. We went ahead and made some graphics for these um, these daily uh, tweets and Facebook posts where uh, it uses a random picture of the band and overlays uh, the set list and the notes Um the show information, and the amount of ants that were at the show as well. Uh, just so it, it's a lot nicer. It makes for better retweets, better sharing. You can save the picture if you want. It's a, it's just a really nice, cool presentation of what's going on um, well, here's in today in DMB history. What's that, Joe? I'm lazy, so it lets me see it really quick without having to do anything more. Well, there you go. That, too. It definitely helps out you lazy fans out there, and we can certainly, uh, certainly uh, – appreciate that vibe um so so we've we've improved that uh we also of course have at dmb live which is another one of our twitter accounts but that simply tweets out um live set list updates there's no commentary it's straight up this is what the band is playing so follow that if you want to follow along on twitter um we opened up a new instagram account uh, the handle there is ants marching org the important thing no dot nothing like that just ants marching org one word ants marching org and um, I think what you'll find, we don't want to span it with 30 pictures a night, right? That's not going to do anybody any good. Insta was started out to be a, a high-quality medium, and I know they watered that down when they brought Android on board. Sorry, you Android users out there, but that's just my personal feeling. But anyway, um, we want to just provide really high-quality, interesting pictures. Uh, cool tailgating pictures, um, amazing crowd shots, uh, band shots, obviously, and we'll jump in with some of the trends on Instagram as well, like uh, Throwback Thursday, Music Mondays, um, things like that. So follow us on Instagram if you're on there, um, Ants Marching Org. We are we're excited about it, and we think it's it's going to be a lot of fun, um, you know, as we go around on tour and and contribute there. Um, trying to think else. Oh, of course, the uh, the new shows are up on Ants. So if you want to download them. Hit it up. Um, in the threads for the two new shows are uh, posts right after the main post on the discussion forum with links to the YouTube video on how to download from Ants. So if you are new to Torrance, don't worry about it. Everybody starts somewhere. Check out that video, and uh, it'll walk you through the process of, of downloading your first show on Ants. Uh, do any of you guys have anything to add? Uh, yeah, Jake, Joe, anything? No, I think that we've pretty much covered it. Oh, you got to give me something. Well, no, I just... Like I was saying before, uh, you, you know, we're, we're two shows in as of this podcast, and I, I think we're going to get a kind of a feel maybe of what's going to happen maybe by the seventh or eighth show. I don't think it's a typical tour where you're going to know everything that's going on after the first couple shows. So I, I don't think that it should be doom and gloom or, you know, if you're negative about the tour or jumping for joy, I, I think that you need a few more shows to figure out what's going on to get a feel for everything. It's just a really small sample right now. Do you find it ironic that he said it would take about six or seven shows and the sixth and seventh show is spec? Ooh, I think it was a mistake, Ooh. but well played Jake. 
Wow, yes. That's that's what I meant. That's exactly what I meant. <laughs> but it no, take... I, I think Jake's absolutely right. I, I think um, this tour, more than any in the last, I don't know, for a good long time, outside of tours that started with brand new material, like 2000, when they came out with what was being currently recorded, the Lily White Sessions, I mean, they had a whole bunch of material. Nobody knew how they were going to settle in. <clears throat> this is the biggest shakeup to their tour stru- or their show structure in two decades, right, Jake? Oh, yeah, easily. Yeah, they haven't done a show like this since 1993. Right. So, I mean, what, 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 it, what could be even considered a bigger shakeup than this? I mean, this is, I mean, I mean, obviously other than the Roy, but I mean, this is, this is, a, this is outside of that, the biggest shakeup. And I like it. Um, I, I like some openers and that's, but I feel like I almost get lucky if I end up really liking the opener. I thought, um, Alan Stone was awesome at Gorge a couple years back, but, um, Alan Stone was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Gary Clark Jr., um, he rocked it also. Modest Yahoo, we caught in a rare show in uh, Darien Lake. Um, weird, you know, one-offs, for me at least. I, and, and I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who just adore openers, and that's fine. I'm there to see the band. And again, I'm not knocking you if you if you enjoy the opener, because better for you, you you enjoy it. I don't, so I, I'm jealous of you who do. But um, ultimately, I'm there to see the band, and I find myself getting impatient during the opener. So this kind of tour where the band opens for itself essentially is uh, is really cool. It's it's a it's a lot of Dave Matthews band music, man. It's like what over three hours of music. Yeah, there were some people that were a little bit concerned that it was um, too much. Ah, uh, boo, frickety who, you know? Someone will find, and, and I know this the best. Everyone will find something to complain about. I get Matt, Matt will. You meant Matt will find something to complain. I about. will. I will. But too much Dave Matthews band music in a single night. That ain't going to be one of those things, no. Unless they're playing the same songs. Unless it's three hours of Jimmy thing. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll check out. Yes, then I'm gone. Then it's the longest pee break ever. Well, all right, guys. Unless you got anything else to add, I guess we'll wrap it up, eh? Eh? Hey, there's hey, the okay. Canadians. Okay, you know, like, so we're, like, done, you know. I got okay. accused, or not accused, but I got asked if I'm from Minnesota a couple weeks ago, and I just damn near fell out my chair. They might as well ask me if I'm from Canada. Right, you're saying that's a compliment, right? That's a compliment. No, 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 no. I'm sorry if anybody out there's from Minnesota. Disclaimer, I'm not from Minnesota. This product might cause heart disease. No, I'm not from Minnesota. I'm sure there's nobody listening from Minnesota, so you're safe. Poor Chad, one of the guys that sent in a question is from Minnesota, and he just ripped on him. I didn't think they had internet up there. I thought I was in the clear. It's still winter there, right? <laughs> Winter's coming. It's still here. <laughs> All right, gang. Well, everybody out there, Ants Plusers, um, thank you so much for listening and joining us on this this uh, this episode of Ants Podcast. We thought we were going to keep it short. It was longer than the last episode, and that last episode was the first Really? Episode. Yeah, man. We're over an hour. I'm really uh, sorry. Um, but I hope you can find some time, everybody out there listening, to, to squeeze it in. We had a we lot do, of fun doing this. We do promise to uh, try to keep more refined. Yeah, more yeah. I mean, just like the DMB2 sets, it's going to take a little bit to, to get into our rhythm here, I think. Well, and it's, it's this is the start of the tour, right? So there's a lot to talk about right now. Uh, as we get on, you're going to hear um, the three of us nitpick about um, how they played an outro to... Um, so damn lucky difference. You know, it's going to be a little bit different kind of dialogue. This There's a lot of stuff going on here at the start of the tour. As Jake says, six or seven more, we'll get a sense. I tend to think that 
that won't be the end of it. That won't be the end of it. They'll mix it up at some point also. So we'll just have to see. Stay tuned. It's a fair assessment. All right, guys. Well, hey, everybody, again, thank you so much for listening. Joe and Jake, thanks for your time. I'm glad we worked this out this week, and uh, we'll see you just about the same time again next week. Everybody, have a great time, and thank you very much again for listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast. Visit AntsMarching.org and be part of the largest DMB community on the Internet. Show downloads, tour central, personal show stats and set list game, and so much more. AntsMarching.org, the best stop for all things DMB. Bend you see, beneath the sea, I swear, this should be.